Good morning. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me at the back? You can? Fantastic. Good morning. My name is Michiel, if I haven't met you before. I'm one of the leaders here, and it's lovely to have you with us. If you are a guest or visiting, I want to say well done. I know it can be pretty daunting coming to a new place and meeting new strange people, so well done. Hope that you do feel welcome this morning. Um, And if maybe you're not a guest, but you haven't been here for the past few weeks, um, you're catching us kind of in the, in the, towards the end of a series that we started the beginning of the year, which we called Seeking God. We figured starting out the year, what better way to start the year than to decide to, uh, to, to seek the Lord and see how we could do that as a community, not just for the year, but for our lives. Sorry, give me a second. I want to start my timer to make sure that I don't uh, waffle. <laughs> So you've caught us in the beginning of this, this uh, towards the end of the series called Seeking God, and we've looked at a few aspects. Most of it's been anchored in Acts chapter 2, so we've, we've looked through the aspect of seeking God through the apostles' teachings, through fellowship, through the breaking of bread, through prayer, and a few other aspects as well. And this morning, uh, I'm going to lead us through the aspect of worship, so seeking God through worship. Um, and worship for me is something that's quite quite dear to me. I feel like it's it's part of my fiber, part of my being. It's, it's it feels like it's in my DNA. And so, regardless of how far I have felt from God, regardless of my emotional, mental states, I've always found it pretty easy to to worship God and connect with God. But I realize, as I say that, that that's not everyone here's sense, right? Not everyone is, is like me in that way. So if, that, if that's maybe you this morning, please don't tune out. Don't, don't drift into the, 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 the zone of what's for lunch or whatever else might be uh, distracting and, and fighting for your thoughts. I really have a sense that as we, as, we, as we look at this this morning, that God wants to speak to all of us. And so as much as you can, please try bear with me um, even if you find yourself in a space where maybe worship is not something that is easy or, or near for you. So before we, before we jump in, let's, let's just pray. Father God, we are here for you. That's, that's why we exist. That's why we meet. That's why we gather. We are desperate for you. We need you, Lord God. And so as, as we come and as we sit, would you would you turn down the volume of all the distractions in our lives, all the things that are vying for our attention, would we hear from you, from your word, from your mouth? Would you drown out even my own opinion and voice? Would it just be your message for us today? Would you, would you use me? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you speak to individuals? We're here for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if I think of worship um, it's kind of like one of four things that are usually kind of on the forefront of my mind. So if you were to like bump into me and ask me, one of these four things would kind of like ooze out of me. There's lots uh, that I have to say and think about worship, but there's four that I could kind of categorize. The first would be um, a, a, a passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It's the, it's the verse that says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You may have heard that before, but I love that because Paul's reminding us that 
anything that we do could be worship to God. From eating to drinking and everything in between, we could worship God no matter what we do. That's the one thing that's always kind of on the, on the front of my mind. The next would be the Psalms and the life of David. Um, I've spoken about this a ton before. Um, it's someone that God says is a man with a heart after him, yet he's got this wreckage of a life. Like there's just destruction and sin and bad decisions. But every time he meets God in his brokenness, he confesses, he repents, and God meets him right there. That's the other thing that's kind of in, in, in my mind when I think of worship. The next is this guy by the name of Brother Lawrence. You may or may not have heard of him. He writes this little book called Practicing the Presence of God. He's a monk, and he, he talks about how in the monastery when he's doing chores, whether he's peeling potatoes or washing dishes, he experiences the presence of God. Um, and while that's not my personal experience, I, 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 see, I see the life that he's cultivated for himself where God is with him no matter what he does, and that inspires me. Um, and then the last thing that I kind of think of, which is probably what most of us would think of and, and is a bit more nearer to home, is us singing together, coming here on a Sunday, uh, singing songs and worshiping God together. So those are kind of the four things that if you were to walk past me in a corridor and be like, Something, hey, talk to my worship, one of those things would just come out of my mouth, um, ooze out, if, if you will. But this morning, um, as, as I've prepared for this morning and the week that has led up to this, I haven't felt the need to speak about any of that. <laughs> um, so, so it's actually quite, quite the opposite. I feel like the Lord has a very simple message for us this morning, um, which is hard for me. I like to just, I mean, there's so much I could say, and this is such, such a thing that is dear to my heart. But actually, the Holy Spirit has led me to just bring something very simple this morning. Um, and as I've contemplated this series, and as I've contemplated the sincere hearts with which all of you, the saints of liberty, are seeking God out, um, I feel God just like leaning me into share something also of, of my personal journey of as I've been working through um, through this over the last while, which I'll, which I'll get to. So, if you have your Bibles with you. Would you please open up at Luke 10, chapter 38? Luke 10, chapter 38. Luke 10, Luke 10, what did I say? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Jeez, gosh, sorry, guys. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It's the, it's the story of Martha and Mary. Are you guys there? Cool. It's not many verses, so if you don't have your Bible, you can listen along. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the portion which will not, sorry, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And so here we have a very simple story. It's a story of our two sisters who clearly both love Jesus. The first is Martha, who we see is eager to, to host Jesus. She's hospitable and generous, and she wants to serve Jesus. There's love oozing out of her to, 
to serve Jesus. And the, the next is um, the sister Mary, who is clearly just in awe of Jesus and has only one focus, and that's to sit at Jesus' feet and just hear him speak. And so we're going to look at both of these sisters, and we start with, with Martha. I just want to jump in and say Martha gets a bad rap, okay? I think it's easy to read the story and, and just be quite judgmental or, or critical of Martha and be like, Martha, come on, man, you should have known better. But if we're, if we're honest with ourselves and we stop for a second and we pause and we reflect and we put ourselves in the story, I think you would see, flip, that's me. At least it's a lot of us, right? I'm quite a practical person. I would have jumped in uh, just, as, just as similarly as, as she did. And here's the thing. It's not all bad, right? We've, we've spoken at Liberty time and time again about the different gifts that God has given us, about how we are to bring those gifts and to serve the local church to the glory of God. It's not a bad thing that Martha is wanting to serve Jesus. That's a good thing. Can we agree on that? Right. So that's a good thing. I don't think God's going, she chose to serve, that's bad. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. If we look closely, I think part of the, part of the issue is that Martha lets her focus shift from Jesus to herself and her serving. So she starts out with this pure intention, man, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the creator of the world. He's in my home. He deserves to be served. That's a good intention. That's a good and right place to start. I think any of us would, would feel that same sense of bring out your, the plates, that, the nice plates that you keep at the back. You know, Bring out the cool things that you prepare the meal that you're least likely to burn. Like, or if you're more experienced, like some of you, just you know, don't hold back. I think that, that's a good, bring your gift and serve the Lord, yes. But the trouble is, and, and oh man, this is me. I'm kind of like inferring a little bit here because I've been in a similar position. The trouble is when we start out with these, like Martha, these intentions, and then we get so wrapped up in the serving that we make it about ourselves. You can almost imagine she's in the kitchen and she starts prepping and, she's, and things just start escalating. She wants it to be so good that she's fumbling and things are, aren't, and this is burning, and she's like spinning to the point where she gets fed up, and she's like, flip, man, I'm the only one, like, where's my sister? She doesn't just get angry with her sister. She even takes Jesus on. She's like, Lord, like, what's going on here, right? Um, but that is us. That is me. That is you. So often, we start out with these good and right intentions to serve the Lord. We make it about ourselves, and then we get angry with those around us, maybe even angry with the Lord. And as, as I read that part, I'm, I'm aware that for all of us here this morning, this is a loving reminder from Jesus. This is a loving reminder. As we, as we set out this year and as we set out with our lives and our sincere ambitions to seek God out in the many ways we've kind of looked at, let's not let our focus shift from Jesus to the seeking. Does that make sense? Because we set out with these ambitions, which are sincere and good, like Martha, to serve and to, to be more like Jesus and to, to, to seek him out and to hear from him. But very quickly, we get caught up in the seeking and we miss the person of Jesus. We, we completely, like, like Martha, we, we put practice and habits in place for ourselves. I need to seek God out. I need to 
whatever it might be, read your Bible, pray. These are all good things. We seek them out. Like Martha, the serving part is good. But then we start making it about ourselves and we get so wrapped up in the things we have to do that like Martha, the text says she was anxious and overwhelmed. That's us. We get anxious and overwhelmed with all these things we now have to juggle. And we get angry with people. We get angry with Jesus. Let's not shift from seeking Jesus to the seeking. And the the thing that scares me about this is honestly it happens so easily. It happens so easily. And you know, even, even that's in here, but throughout the New Testament, Jesus talks about this. Glenn mentioned when we were talking about um, seeking God out through the apostles' teaching, like Jesus even says to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures for me, but I'm here and you're missing me, right? He, he points it out. There's another place in Matthew 7, verse 21. This is Jesus talking. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That terrifies me. It's scary because it happens so quickly. We can have these noble ambitions and do all these things in the name of the Lord, but completely miss the person of Jesus and not know him. In this example, it's easy to be like, yeah, cool, like those are people doing all these big things. But just swap out prophecy. Put yourself in this position. But God, I read, not prophecy, I read my Bible in your name. Swap the cast out demons with, Lord, I prayed in your name. Swap out the... We did mighty works with, God, I was part of a life group in your name. We've, we, we put these things and we're like, God, I, I did these things for you. Could it be that we've missed the person of Jesus and he might say, I don't know you. We can get so wrapped up in the seeking and in the doing that we don't have the relationship. We don't have the person of Jesus. And ultimately, that's, that's what the heart of worship is, isn't it? It's wanting that relationship, that connection with God. And it it happens so easily, we get distracted with so many things, even with the most purest of intentions, that we end up missing the person of Jesus. And so I want to shift, and um, I'm almost done. I'm not going to talk for much longer. I want to shift and and look at at Mary. We've spoken about Martha a fair amount, and I think there's a, a beautiful, as I mentioned, a loving warning for us in Martha's story. There was a shift our focus when we look at Mary. I think we see an invitation. So with Martha, we see a warning. With Mary, we see an invitation. If we look at Mary, she doesn't feel the need to do anything. And I know that irks some of us. I know that irks some of us. I feel you. I'm not saying serving is bad. Stuff needs to get done. But in, in light of this context of worship and seeking the Lord out, she doesn't feel the need to do anything other than position herself the feet of Jesus, position herself in a way to hear and receive from Jesus. That's all she does. She's not concerned about anything else. And I, I feel like that's the invitation for us here this morning. To so not worry about the doing so much, and yes, there's a time and place for those things, but I feel like the invitation for God is, from God is, don't get wrapped up 
in all the ways that you desire to seek me, all the things that you do, but rather, could you, like Mary, just position yourself at the feet of Jesus? Just ready to receive and hear what he might have to say. And I think this is something that is super hard for many of us. Our culture is not one of just sit back, you know. Um, A lot of us would see that as lazy or uh, just negative and bad. But what does Jesus say? He says, Mary has chosen the, the right portion and it won't be taken away from her. I think we fool ourselves sometimes and we, we think that we could do these things to earn right standing with God or do these things to force a, a relationship with God. But actually it's in the just being with him, not the doing, that that relationship is established and built. So I've, I've spoke a little bit earlier about, I've been on this journey myself, and I found myself in a position towards the end of last year, I just felt like I hadn't heard from God in a while, and just desperately, um, you know, just as we all do, going through personal struggles, family things, desperately just wanted to hear the voice of God. And um, I found myself just like reading my Bible, praying, those things as, as great as they are, the same as, as Martha's giving, they, they weren't what I needed in that time. And I felt that I felt um, I needed to, to be with the Lord in just a simple way. I found myself just in one psalm, just a few verses over and over again. Eventually, it became just half a verse that I was clinging to. I want to share this verse with you. It's Psalm 37. It's not even a full verse. It's half a verse. It's one sentence. Psalm 37, verse 7. And it says this. It says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Let me read that again. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. This, is, this was profound for me in that season of my life, but I can also say it's probably one of the hardest things, if you've ever tried to do this, that I've, I've ever done. Just not to do anything, just to sit and be still and just wait. The, there's, there's many uh, um, fathers of the faith and, and other church movements that talk about contemplative prayer and meditation and silence and solitude. This is nothing new, but for me, growing up in a more evangelical church, I had not, I don't, I'm not very experienced at this. Um, and I, I was made aware last year of astronauts when they go out, before they go out into space, they have to go into this thing called an isolation chamber because space is so quiet that it can make you, it can make you lose your mind. It's so quiet you hear your organs digesting food. It's absolute silence. And the thing is, you can't just go from this environment into space. You will lose your mind. They have to go into this isolation chamber and for a few minutes at a time build up a resilience and a comfort with silence. And I found, I found like for myself, it was a similar thing um, with being still before the Lord. Like five seconds in, my mind is wondering, what about the other verses? What about this? What about my meeting later today? Like I, I can't even just keep my composure for a few seconds. And I, f- I find myself coming back to this verse. And I, I get that it's different for everyone. But I'm just sharing a practical example. I trust the Lord will work with you. But I find myself just clinging to this verse. Every time I got distracted, just coming back to, God, I'm being still and I'm waiting for you. I'm being still and I'm waiting for you. Every time, five seconds later, no, I come back to this thing. God, I'm being still and I'm waiting for you. And not every time 
did I hear God speak, but I, I felt his peace every single time. And so I, the invitation that I feel the Lord impressing on us is we want to be people who seek him out is to not fall into the trap of the seeking to make sure we're meeting with him. And a way that I think we can do this is the second invitation is to be still and to wait patiently for him. I get this is hard, but this is the invitation I feel that we need to, that, that's, I think this is at the core of, of, of worship. Even as we sing, and we're, we're going to enter into a time of singing now, it's so easy, even as we sing, to just get stuck in the motion of singing the songs. And even like, maybe you get a little bit amped because the song is like vibing. But actually, think of these words as contemplative prayer. They're words that are guiding your mind to the person of Jesus. The same way I would use this verse to anchor and stop my mind from being distracted from all the things. When we sing these songs, we're not just like, you know, cool, I'm going to have lunch later. And it happens, so, it happens so easily. But rather, could these words, like contemplative prayer, put our minds on the person of Jesus? Would we not be like Martha, get stuck up in the singing and then get frustrated because the band played the wrong song or the sound wasn't loud enough, but actually f- let the words guide our hearts as worship to the person of Jesus and meet him in the singing. And so that's, that's the invitation. That's the invitation. And this is not an invitation just for this morning. I, I, I feel like this is a fundamental shift in the way that we seek God out in our lives day to day. And so while there's an invitation here this morning, and I trust and I really felt like God wants to meet with you here, especially those of you that are feeling far from God, especially those of you that might be angry with God, those that are are just feeling broken and tired, wherever you find yourself, this morning, He wants to meet you here. And if that's you, you can sit right where you are, be still and wait on Him, and He will meet you there. If you want prayer, we would happily pray for you. Could I ask the leaders just to stick your hands up real quick? If you feel like you need prayer, you can grab any one of these people or you can come to the front and we will happily pray for you. But don't leave here this morning having missed out on meeting with the person of Jesus, getting so distracted with the things, even the service, and miss the person of Jesus. And similarly, when you go home in the week, whether it be reading your Bible or praying or just sitting, don't miss the invitation to sit at the feet of Jesus and just be with him. Cool. I'm going to pray for us. Could I ask you to stand to your feet? Ask the musos to come up. I realize this will be awkward, but I'm going to force us to have a moment of silence, to be still before the Lord. And I know that there are many distractions here. There are kids running around, and there's generators and other sounds. But could I ask us to quieten our minds? Could I ask us to reflect on the person of Jesus? There is no pressure in this moment to do anything. There is no pressure to solve anything in your mind or anticipate what's coming next. Right now, there's no pressure to do anything. There is a moment, you've carved out this time to be here. There is a moment to just be still and to wait 
patiently for God. And so God, as we do that, as we are still before you, would you come and would you meet with us? Holy Spirit, as we quieten our hearts, even the, the, the turmoil that some of us face, just the, the anxiety and the worry, as we turn those things aside for a moment and just reflect on you, would you come and would you meet us here? In the week and in the days that lie ahead, as we quieten ourselves, would you meet us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our cars, wherever we find ourselves? Would you help us not to miss you, Jesus? Would it not be said of us, I don't know you? We want to know you, Lord. Would you forgive us where we've, we've made it about us? Would you forgive us where we've thought that we could earn some kind of right standing before you? We are not good people. There's nothing we can bring in and of ourselves. It's only through Jesus that we can sit and be still before you. And so now as we quieten ourselves, would you come and meet us here, please, Lord?